People love hacks. Everyone wants a quick fix, quick fix for everything. That applies to careers and job searches as well. So no one likes to hear when I say, it's going to take some time. You got to build relationships. And that's what I'm going to talk about today is how to build relationships in this wonderful remote world and how that can help you land a great new job. I'm Larry Cornette, and this is Invincible Career. So I am going to share a few links um, in the newsletter that is associated with this podcast. So if you go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, this is Landing Jobs by Building Relationships in a Remote World Issue 417. I'm going to share some useful links, and uh, I'll talk about those at the end of this episode that will help you build relationships and connect with really good people in this new remote world. Yeah, interesting times, interesting times. Um, Many of us have been feeling isolated, probably more than ever before. And did you know the average American hasn't made a new friend in five years? Five years. (laughs) I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Probably been longer for me. As we grow older, we make fewer friends than we did when we were children. And Even young adults, we made lots of friends in our neighborhood growing up, during school, and then when we went off to college. That was probably the peak of our friend-making years. (laughs) Uh, So it's probably not surprising that as adults, many of our friends come from our work experiences, right? That's where we make friends as Grown adults. And speaking of work, I used to work at eBay many years ago, long, long time ago. Uh, And I haven't seen a lot of those folks in many, many years. It's probably been 16 years. (laughs) So I recently attended an alumni event and I shared a photo of that in the newsletter. Now it's a long long drive to get there from where I live now. I moved away uh, six years ago, maybe more. So when I saw the invitation, I initially hesitated. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to make that, that drive, make that trip. It's a little too short to fly. It's really, it's too short to fly and it's a little too long to drive. So it's in that unpleasant sweet spot where it's really hard to to make up your mind to go there. And as you probably have heard before in this podcast, I'm an introvert. I rarely enjoy social events like that. I will spend weeks at home without going out, seeing anyone. But there were some close friends that were going to be there. Some friends I made through work. Surprise, surprise. 
So it was a great opportunity to catch up with them. And we've been talking about it probably for years. I haven't seen them in years. So I finally decided to go on. Off I went, made a quick trip down and stayed overnight, you know, and had breakfast with some folks the next day. Now, the wave of nostalgia and the fondness I felt for these people kind of surprised me. Even for the people that I had not particularly felt close to when I worked there. It's not like I was close to everyone. Some of the folks I'd never had a meal with, never went out for drinks. We never hung out outside of work. But even for those folks, it was, it was an interesting reunion feeling. And part of that is we're, we're older, we're wiser, we're kinder now. That was the, the big thing I noticed. Everybody is nicer than they used to be. So I guess the passage of time has sanded down the harsh edges of the memories that I had of the intense workloads, really stressful projects, long, long hours. You know, I'd worked there for like four years. It was pretty stressful. Confrontational arguments. I mean, you do. You argue and have lots of disagreements about how to move forward with things. But we'd all been through a shared experience through this hard work and working long hours. And it brought us closer together. And as one friend put it after I hugged him, it's like, he said, we have a trauma bond. (laughs) And he and I used to work pretty close to each other in our cubicles. You know, it was often till two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Right. And he's, he would say, you still over there? And I'm like, yep, still, still working on these designs. You know, unfortunately, there is a price to pay for forging such deep relationships with coworkers. It's a good thing, right? But there is a price you pay. When you leave the company, as you inevitably do, you feel like you're losing most of your friends. And sure, you can stay in touch over email and texting and stuff like that, but it's never quite the same again. Also, every step that brings you closer to your coworkers, like spending tons of time together working, is a step that takes you further away from your family, further away from your friends outside of work. There's only 24 hours in a day. And that was simply the reality of employment for most of our lives. We spent way more time with our colleagues, our coworkers, than with our loved ones. You know, you're at work at least eight hours a day. Silicon Valley, it's more like 12, 14 hours a day. You know, you come home and you have dinner and you kind of fall asleep early because you're so tired and you get up early next morning and go to work. I mean, I did that for years. It was true for me. There were weeks that would go by that I would never see my children because I'd get home and they'd already gone to bed because it was so late. And I had to get up early in the morning, go to work, and they weren't up yet. So I only saw them sleeping. (laughs) However, the last few years changed everything. Changed everything, hasn't it? People began working remotely and staying home. Not everybody, but a lot of folks that had knowledge worker types of jobs, worked in software, IT, and so forth, right? And the pandemic lasted longer than we expected it would. 
It's been years. When we could finally come out of our homes and back into the workplace, employers discovered something surprising. (laughs) Most of their employees did not want to return. They didn't want to come back to the office. This is for a number of reasons. You know, people are enjoying the flexibility of working when and where they desire. Many of us have found we can focus better without interruptions from coworkers, without the noise of the office. And there is noise. I'm sorry. Even with noise canceling headphones, there's noise and there's visual distractions. People are saving money by working at home. I did a calculation on this. I linked this if you want to see the breakdown, but I've saved about $150,000 over the course of 12 years. It blew my mind. I I did the numbers. I added up everything I was spending for my commute and, you know, dry cleaning, meals, vehicle repairs that happened because I was driving two to four hours a day. I've saved about $150,000. It's significant. The time savings are significant too. I mean, if you no longer have to commute to an office, people are getting at least an hour back of their life every day. As I said, I was getting back two to four hours of my life every day. I was spending 750 hours a year on Bay Area freeways. I calculated it. It was pretty bad. Some people have moved to a better location. They moved away. So it's better for them financially. It's better for them emotionally. They have access to nature. That's why one of the big reasons we moved. They've rebuilt stronger relationships with their loved ones, their spouse, partner, their children, their friends. And they're exercising again. They have time now. (laughs) When you don't have to commute, you've got time to say, wow, I could do some exercise instead of sitting in my car. They're eating healthier. They're sleeping more because, again, they're not commuting. So this year, Buffer, if you're familiar with them, published... It's 2022 State of Remote Work. They surveyed over 2,000 people from 16 countries to get their impact, their input on remote work and its impact on their work and personal lives. I'm going to share a little bit of that. Uh, one of the questions they asked, would you recommend remote work to others? Guess how many people said yes? 97%. A few more highlights. Um, 97% also said they would like to work remotely at least some of the time for the rest of their careers. They do not want to go back to an office, at least not full-time. 90% described their experience with remote work as either very positive or somewhat positive. It's not perfect. We've all had our struggles with Zoom and Slack and feeling like we're working all the time. And some of this is going to be improved with tools. Some of it hopefully will be improved with better processes. Are you listening, managers and leaders? But, I mean, there is, there is a dark side to some of this. 45%, not the majority, but 45% is significant, think their career growth is more difficult. It's more difficult as a remote worker. Uh, 
Even I will admit that our enhanced lifestyle from remote work has come at the cost of work relationships. It's a trade-off. And some leaders are desperately promoting a return to office RTO. More than one. Some of the pretty notable ones. Goldman Sachs and good old Tesla boy. They claim that collaboration and innovation can only thrive when people share physical space and time. Now, they're not completely right about this. They're not. I've been working and collaborating with remote teams since 1995. Maybe this is new to a lot of people, but when you work in software, lots of your coworkers are in other time zones in other countries. So they're not completely right about this, but they're also not totally wrong. As much as I love remote work, and I have built friendships and working relationships with people I've never met in person. As much as I love it, the bond isn't the same as it is with people who worked with me in the trenches, like my friends at eBay. We worked side by side every day. We saw each other at our best and at our worst. Uh, We shared meals. We had drinks together. We laughed and we cried. A lot of people cried. And, And we were there to support each other. It's a lot of hours to be with people, right? However, the answer must be somewhere in the middle. As with many things, the truth is in between the polarized opinions about it. People must stop denying that dedicating most of our waking hours to our employers damages our personal relationships. How could it not? I have friends who regret missing out on their children's lives. I'm one of those people too. I have friends whose marriages fell apart because they were never home. They didn't spend enough time together. But we also can't deny that 100% remote work isn't necessarily the best for working relationships. So it doesn't have to be a choice, a polarized choice of always working remotely versus always working in a workplace or an office. For example, Automatic, you may have heard of them. They're the creators of WordPress. They have a great remote work model. They've been doing it forever, long before the pandemic. But they also schedule team gatherings in person. And I'm going to talk about that that model and what they do in a future newsletter. You know, the office environment is just not the best for everyone at all times. I've been in both worlds. Clearly, I spent almost 20 years working in physical workplaces. You know, power dynamics are heightened in the office when you're in the room with leaders, and that makes people defer to authority way too often. And as I know, introverts can't do their best work when they're surrounded by noise and constant interruptions and they can't focus and they can't think. People with disabilities often struggle in the workplace. Not every workplace has great accommodations. There are some people that can't even take part in a workplace job if they were forced to travel to an office. They really can't leave their home. Remote work has changed that. And I've noticed that creativity is pretty stagnant inside corporate walls. And that's not to say remote work is the answer, but getting people out of the office 
definitely helps with creativity and innovation. You know, sometimes work is best done outside the office. It really is. I used to do that all the time. There are many types of work that do not need to take place sitting alone in a cubicle. What's the point? People are saying, okay, I go into the office and I sit alone in my cube writing code or designing and I don't see people anyway. (laughs) Why am I here? However, there are also types of work that we probably should perform together in person. You know, for example, collaborative riffing on a physical whiteboard, it just can't be replaced by these porous substitutes for virtual whiteboards. I'm sorry, Mural, Myro. Zoom has a whiteboard now. Keep trying. It's not the same. It's not the same as sketching quickly on a whiteboard standing side by side. It's just not. Also, the nuance of human expressions, the tone of voice, body language, they all get lost in these laggy digital proxies like Zoom meetings, even with a great internet connection. It's just not the same. You, you can only see someone's talking head. And people don't behave naturally on camera. They don't. I'm sure you've seen people staring at their, their own image. <laughs> They're like, oh no, what does my hair look like? Oh, I'm sitting funny. They're not behaving naturally. You know, we've been doing this for years now, yet these video meetings still feel a little clumsy and awkward compared to in-person meetings. They really, they're just not the same. So where am I going with all this? Well, if you're trying to find a new job or work more effectively with colleagues in your current job, you need the best of both worlds. You know, we're never going to put the remote work genie back in the office bottle. Not going to happen. As much as some CEOs want it to happen, it's not going to happen. People quit. People are quitting when they were told they had to come back to the office. So you're going to have to make the best of those virtual interactions and relationships. But I'm also going to encourage you to tap back into the power of face-to-face conversations and face-to-face meetups, working sessions. I see it, and I see the power of it. Getting back together with folks, you know, showed me some of that. So we need both, you know, connecting with people and building relationships and bonding will always be easier in person. So you have to find ways to start making that happen again for your life and for your work. So I want to talk about finding a remote job in this economy because it is probably going to be a remote job. And I'm going to start with how... You can find a job in this current economy, which is a little crazy, and what's going on with remote employment. In a future newsletter, I've decided to split this into two because it was just getting too long. A future episode of this podcast, too. I'm going to go into part two of how you can work better with your colleagues. So if you are currently employed or after you get a job, how can you take advantage of these strategies to work better with each other? Okay, so as a coach, I've talked with enough job seekers over the years to know that no one, no one wants to hear that a job, finding a job takes time. That finding a job requires building relationships. That's why so many people just want to spray and pray. Spray their job applications and resumes to hundreds and hundreds of companies and pray that it works out. 
And people are still doing that. And it's still not working. It rarely does. Or I should say it rarely yields a great job. It probably never yields a great job. You may end up with an okay job. A good enough job. And maybe that's okay. Maybe. However, if you want to find a great job in a great company that is also a great fit for you, here are some steps you can take. They're going to increase your odds of success. There's six steps. Connect, communicate, bond, give help, receive help, and collaborate. All right, I want to talk about connect. So I'm sure you've been reading about the thousands and thousands and thousands of people being laid off over the past few weeks and months. Lots of people lost their jobs this year. It's still happening. More is coming. In addition, many companies have frozen hiring. Google, Meta, Twitter, Amazon. So many companies have stopped hiring. So what does this mean? This means that the competition is heating up for the remaining few roles that are available. Now, if you submit your resume and job application online, you know, quick and easy, right? You're just going to get dumped into the same pool as hundreds of other candidates. People were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. They're like, wow, man, for every job I applied to, every job says there's like 300 applicants have already applied, (laughs) right? Good luck with that. If you have one of those amazing top 1% resumes, you worked at a Fang, you know, you worked at Google or Amazon, Facebook slash Meta, maybe you'll stand out. If not, good luck. If you're dumped into the pool, it's going to be really hard for you to get noticed. And I know you may be tired of hearing me beat this drum, but your network is still your most valuable asset during a job search. Now, if you already have a powerful one, and I'd linked an article in the newsletter, if you go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, I linked something that talks about how to build a powerful network. Well, great. You can start reaching out to people. If you don't, well, it's time to connect with more people and strengthen yours. You can build relationships with people online. You connect with folks via their post. You know how you can do that? Liking stuff, being really present and visible, making intelligent comments, saying something helpful and useful. If you just read and scroll by, no one knows you exist. And that person certainly doesn't know you exist. You can reach out to people in companies of interest. Find out who works there. Pretty easy now with LinkedIn. How lucky are you? You could attend online meetups. There are online meetups. There are online communities. But I think we've probably all noticed there has been an increase in meetups in the physical world. Wow. Heck, I just hosted a breakfast meetup a few weeks ago. I invited some of my premium newsletter subscribers and members of my Invincible Career Accelerator to come and have breakfast with me when I was in the Bay Area. It was fun. Met some of the folks I had never met in person. We'd been talking for many, many years, and we finally met in person. So don't overlook the opportunity to meet with people in the real world. Meetup.com 
still a useful resource for finding local events. You probably have others. It's just easier to connect more deeply with someone when you're face to face instead of staring into your laptop screen. Number two, communicate. Next up, when you're looking for a job and it's taking longer than expected, which it probably will now, it's time to tap into your network. You know, get a little positive energy back out of it. One of the first things I recommend my job seeking clients is download your LinkedIn connections. You can download your data and use it to create a basic relationship management spreadsheet. It downloads in a CSV format, so you can import it into Excel or numbers or whatever. And then add a column and make a note of the people you'd like to work with again. You've really enjoyed working with them. They're talented. They're good people. Leaders you'd like to work for again. So these are the past managers and bosses that they were good and you wouldn't mind working for them again. Then also make a note of the people who always seem to have their finger on the pulse of what's going on. So they're aware. They are aware of companies that are hiring. They are aware of startups that just raised funding. Somebody who's getting ready to leave and go start a new company. They just know what's going on. They're kind of connected And then also these colleagues who are connected to people and companies of interest. So they can make an introduction for you. So make a note of that in that column and then start reaching out to people. This is what I recommend rather than kind of blasting that you're looking for work. Seems like a lot of people are doing it now. I don't know if it works. I really don't. Didn't used to. Maybe it's better now. But then you start to get that whole bystander effect, right? If you're going to tell a thousand people that you're looking for work, everybody's going to kind of scroll by and say, well, someone else will probably reach out to them. (laughs) But if you reach out directly to people, initiate that connection and communicate, you can tell them, hey, I'm starting to explore my next opportunity. And depending on what you know about that person and the notes you made about them, structure that conversation accordingly. So you're essentially just letting people know that you trust that you're in play. And this can happen even when you are gainfully employed and looking for a new job. Just say, hey, I'm kind of looking around for my next opportunity. So you're basically saying, if you know of anything that might be relevant and interesting for me, I'd appreciate if you could send it my way. That'd really be great. Thank you. Or if there's someone that you would like them to introduce you to. So you know that they're connected to the hiring manager at a company. And so, hey, would you be willing to make an introduction or share my resume? Now, you got to make sure you know exactly what you're looking for. The first thing they're going to say is like, what are you looking for? So what type of industry, the type of employer, are you looking for a startup or a huge corporation? What are you looking for? And the role, of course, you know, are you looking for a senior design position? Are you looking for an architect role? What are you looking for? Now, you can do most of this online. You can message people on LinkedIn But when it's possible, and for the most important contacts, try to schedule a Zoom meeting. So if it's somebody that's willing to make the time for you, because that's a lot to ask somebody to to meet for 20, 30 minutes over Zoom. But if you can, the connection's so much better. You get to see each other. You can talk live about it better than just sending a quick message. I'm also going to encourage you to use the old tried and true meeting over coffee or lunch. You know, as somebody local, so if you're in the Bay Area and you're looking for a job in the Bay Area, you could meet up for coffee. 
it's still much easier to connect with someone and bond over the shared food and drinks. It's just human nature, especially if you're going to ask for a favor. And by the way, if you are asking someone to meet you for coffee or lunch, you should pay. (laughs) Some people forget this. If you're asking someone to do you a favor and drive to meet you somewhere, you should buy their coffee. You should buy their lunch. All right, number three, bond. So I often have strangers contact me for help with their job search. They come across my newsletter, my post on LinkedIn, my articles on Medium. And so they'll reach out. They want to talk. They want to get some free advice. And I do have a free coaching call, but I'm talking about the people that want an endless amount of free advice. And I've shared so much free advice over the years. I have six years of writing online, medium, this newsletter, stuff on LinkedIn. I have tons of free advice out there. So if you really want free advice, it exists. You know, they're trying to get me to tell them who's hiring for the position they're seeking, or they want me to introduce them to a hiring manager in a company. And they're a stranger. And folks, I'm sorry, but you just can't ask strangers for favors like this. You just can't do that. People still do. You must build relationships and gain trust. You have to provide value to receive value. I'm going to talk more about that. No one wants to introduce a stranger to people in their network, which is an amazingly valuable yet fragile resource. You can damage it so easily by introducing the wrong person. And that's one reason I built my career community. So if you are a premium subscriber to my newsletter, I invite you into my career community. And that gives people a chance to bond and it builds relationships over time. That's how you gain people's trust. That's how you increase your odds of receiving a favor. People get to know you. So if you want to find a great job instead of just any old job, take the time to build real relationships with people in your broader network. And there are some easy ways to do that. There, you, know, you can comment on post. You know, I share newsletters and articles on Invincible Career. If you go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, leave a comment, ask a question. I'll engage with you. Other people will engage with you. Attend meetups, have coffee and lunches with people, join video chats. There are a lot of people who are doing online meetings now. Talk with people in the community, share useful information, let people see the real you and give people a chance to see your talents, your skills, your personality and how you think, right? Number four, this is important. Give help. People want to be surrounded by what Adam Grant calls givers and matchers. And I linked his TED talk in the newsletter. We all try to avoid the takers. And I'm sure you've encountered takers in your life and in the workplace. These are people that just don't seem to understand the concept of reciprocity. Don't be a taker. Now, I can understand if you're thinking, if I'm out of work and I'm looking for a job, I don't have a lot of time for giving and helping everyone else. I'm not a charity. But giving doesn't require spending endless hours of your time helping others. It can be accomplished with something as simple as what Adam Rifkin calls the five-minute favor. And I noticed this when I moved to the Bay Area in California. 
and I started working in tech. One of Silicon Valley's competitive advantages is that almost everyone is willing to help other people with quick little favors. More than any other place I've been, more than any other industry I've worked in. You know, they'll answer questions over an email. They'll have a coffee chat. Hey, let's have coffee at Starbucks. They introduce people to each other. They take a quick phone call or Zoom call to give advice. They give feedback on an issue. There'll be a reference for people during their job search. When someone's hiring, they'll send a couple of names, say, hey, check these people out. When someone's looking for a job, they forward jobs to people. They do these five-minute favors. Adam Grant says, my students at Wharton often describe the five-minute favor as life-changing. It challenges their assumption. They have to choose between helping others and their own success, allowing them to find ways of giving to others that don't demand enormous acts of sacrifice. And that's the magic. The magic of this favor is that it doesn't take very long for the giver, but it can change the recipient's life. Five minutes can truly change the course of someone's career in life. I'll give you an example. My advisor, when I was uh, in my graduate program, he made a short phone call that connected me with my first job in Silicon Valley. It was probably five minutes. And that set me on the path of my tech career. It changed my life forever. He made a five-minute phone call and changed my life forever. But if you're a taker who never gives to this system of kind of expected reciprocity, people remember, no one will go out of their way to help you. They may even try to avoid you. So be a giver and provide positive value to your network. People will notice and remember that. So if you're a job seeker, and people know you're looking, they're going to send opportunities your way. When stuff comes up, they'll say, oh, this looks really good. I'm going to send it to her. They'll introduce you to good hiring managers and the recruiters they trust. They're going to tell you about those jobs that are buried deep in the hidden job market that I've talked about before. Um, I know we are almost out of time. Uh, finally, you can, or this isn't finally, but for number five, you can receive help. You know, it's good to be a giver, you should, but sometimes you need help too. And the problem is many folks are too busy with their own jobs and lives to give you a serious amount of time, the time that's required to help you land a new job. They'll do a five-minute favor, but they're not going to spend two hours a week helping you find a job. And that's where career coaches come in. That's where someone like me comes in. You know, obviously I can't help everyone. My time's limited. I can only take on so many clients and I'm not always the best fit for everyone. Sometimes we just aren't a good fit for each other. But if you are struggling to find a job, if you're struggling to interview well and present yourself well, if you're not getting offers, please find someone, find a coach who can help you with things like getting clear about what you want, identifying the right employers, find the right opportunities, learning how to sell yourself, getting all your stuff ready, your LinkedIn, your website, your portfolio, your social media, your resume, blah, blah, blah. Um, rehearsing answers to the questions and then negotiating your job offers. Everybody needs practice. So find someone to help you. And then number six, which is kind of an interesting one, it's called uh, collaborate. Collaborate. This is how you build relationships. Porter Gale has an excellent book about your network being your net worth. I linked that 
And she says the new form of networking is not about climbing a ladder to success. It's about collaboration, co-creation, partnerships, and long-term values-based relationships. And that's why you bond so much with people at work. You're working together on something. You're collaborating. Shared work towards a common goal brings people closer. And I hope you have stuff that you do that is outside of work, interest outside of work, things that light you up, activities that help others or improves the world in some way. So, and it could be anything. And when you collaborate with people outside of work, you expand your network in new ways. And I've talked about the power of weak ties before. Having those relationships that aren't work relationships or family or close friends, it opens up new opportunities for you. It's going to expand your network and collaboration is a great way to do that. So it gives people a chance to see who you are, how you think, your skills, your talent, what you're capable of doing. It builds trust. So you can do that online. I've done that before. I had a podcast that I recorded weekly with a couple of friends, but you can also look for opportunities to collaborate in person. I'll give you an example. So one of my close friends, I haven't seen him in many years. And the funny thing is we've always just been a phone call away and we could text each other, but it wasn't until we got together and we went to a bar and shared a drink and started talking and it sparked this renewed desire to build a business together. And we've talked about that for 17 years. <laughs> we had email, we had text, but sitting together, having a drink bonding, it created this desire to collaborate. And so we're going to work together. We're going to start working on this new business. We're going to get back together for a working session. So reach out to someone and see if they'd like to connect with you over coffee or lunch or even drinks. See if there's an opportunity to collaborate. It could be something pretty simple that you could work on together while you're looking for your next job. You're probably going to discover that opens all new doors for you. So very quickly, speaking of building relationships, there is a relationship that you, dear listener, have probably not leveraged except for a few of you, and that is building a relationship with me. Hi, I'm Larry Cornett. So I write the newsletter, I create this podcast, and I want to see people succeed in work. I want them to be happier and more fulfilled in their lives. That's what I do. And there are four ways to easily connect with me and my community. One is you could just go to the newsletter, newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. Leave a comment on one of the posts. Ask a question. I try to respond to everybody. You could schedule a free coaching call with me. So I have a free 20-minute coaching call. And there's a link for that if you go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. If you subscribe to my newsletter and you have a premium subscription, I'll invite you into my private community so you can start to connect with the community and it's full of ambitious professional people who are really friendly and helpful. Some of them are very connected in the industry and they introduce people to each other. And if you already know you want to get some help with your job search or your career, you want a coaching engagement or just want a private call to talk about things, I include links to those too. So if you want to work with me, click and book talk with me. It's pretty simple, right? All right. Good luck with uh, 
your job search. Good luck with building relationships in this remote world. I hope some of this advice will help. I hope you'll try some of it. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.